Welcome to Mid-South Menu. I'm your host, Georgia Coles, and as a Memphian, I think our region's food culture is so rich yet so underrated. Memphis truly reflects a commitment to an artisanal view of the food and drink crafted here. I have interviewed industry professionals and experts in their craft to get their perspectives on everything from gourmet coffee to Firestone beer to barbecue competition culture. I hope to share all this with you. Memphis's culinary offerings are unique and unparalleled, offering a wide variety of artisanal products. Join me on a tour unpacking the art and science of the 901's food and drink culture, Memphis's best, the Mid-South Menu. My goal with this podcast is for each episode to answer engaging questions you may have always had about the craft and creation of high-quality food and drink through time-honored traditions. Thus, at the beginning of each episode, I'll name a few questions you can trust will be answered by the end. This episode focuses on craft beer and wood-fired pizza with Andrew Finestone. Andrew Finestone is the owner of Bosco's, a multitasking, multi-talented brewery and restaurant featuring a wood-fire pizza oven, southern dishes, brunch fare, and even a club for fans of their beer. In this episode, we'll answer questions like, what is it like being the first restaurant brewery in the whole state since Prohibition? How does Bosco's make use of an 850-degree wood-fire oven in both their cuisine and their beer? I'll give you a hint. Flaming Stone Beer. Hello, today I am here with Andrew Finestone, owner of Bosco's Restaurant and Brewing Company in Memphis, Tennessee. Andrew, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me be a guest. Of course. So Bosco's is in the heart of Memphis and Midtown's own Overton Square. What has been your journey with Bosco's? And I know y'all have changed locations over the years. Yeah, so our first location was in 1992 out in Saddle Creek. And so uh, right when the laws, well, we helped get the laws changed where you can do craft beer in the state of Tennessee. Oh, with, yeah. With Steve Cohen. Yeah, so what, what was that like? Uh, that was good. You know, it was, I mean, they did a, a lot of legislation. Germantown wasn't quite sure whether, you know, because mm-hmm. people weren't quite understanding what craft beer is and, you know, and the benefits to the city. Yeah, because y'all are known as being Tennessee's first, like, post-prohibition restaurant and brewery. Right. So y- y'all are sort of trailblazers in that regard. Four years later, in 96, we opened uh, one up in Nashville. Okay. And then, um, but there's one other brewery that opened up probably like a month before we did oh. it. So we weren't the first one in Nashville, but still in the state. <laughs> so what was the shift from Germantown to Midtown like? We used to get different reports from uh, credit card companies yeah. that would show where your customers were coming from, what zip codes and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And if you grew up or know anything about Memphis, Midtown yeah. stays usually in Midtown, and we had a large following going all the way out to Germantown. Okay. So it just kind of showed us that um, we might want to put a location down here. Yeah. And then, uh, so in 2000, we opened up down at Overton Square. Okay. And... Uh, it's just uh, right when we opened it, just kind of felt like the best natural fit. Yeah. Yeah, for the brewery. So y'all have been in Overton Square for 22 years. Then, mm-hmm. what has that been like? You know, because I Overton has definitely changed. It, it's since definitely then. changed. Uh, you know, we've kind of feel on our concept 
for our restaurant that we, um, it's good to be around universities. The movie theater was coming in, so we knew about the movie theater, so that was gonna be nice traffic. Overton Square is, always used to be such a great spot. When we were coming down here, I say it's just a matter of having the right businesses to uh, yeah. make it turn back around again. Shifting more to like the brewery side mm -hmm. of Bosco's, I know y'all are famous for the Flaming Stone beer. Yeah. You use the uh, pizza oven for that, right? Yeah, so since we have a wood-fired pizza oven and yeah. the temperature to get around 850 mm -hmm. degrees, so we get uh, granite stones and heat them up in the pizza oven. And then during the brewing process, we'll take a basket of all these stones and drop them in there. Yeah. And Think of it as like when you caramelize sugar for a cream brulee. So that's what happens with those hot stones. It will kind of caramelize the sugars in the mm -hmm. beer. Who came it, up with that? <laughs> uh, uh, actually, it was, it was uh, an old world brewing process. Really? To uh, create the beer, you know, uh, back in the day, since they didn't have metal kettles, they mm -hmm. could do fires, that they would heat up rocks and then drop them in there and then create a bowl. That's such a cool way, though, to fuse, like, you've got the brewing going and then you've got the pizza ovens. Was there, like, a eureka moment for any of y'all here? Yeah. Like, oh, we could use this 850-degree <laughs> pizza oven. <laughs> yeah, uh, one of my partners back in the day, who, uh, okay. Chad Skypek, who was the... Uh, godfather of our craft beer mm -hmm. with us. He kind of created and did his research and stuff like that. Yeah, that's very yeah. cool. Um, especially because I feel like back then, the craft brewing scene here in Memphis must have been much smaller because so many breweries are very recent here. We were probably the only brewery probably for a good 10 years, wow. I would say. Craft beer in itself has really changed a whole lot. Yeah. There's really good craft beer you can get at lots of different places. And originally, it was really kind of baby steps with craft beer. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't very aggressive, hoppy type of um, beers. And then because it was more of an educational, you didn't want to scare people away because they're yeah. always used to American lagers or your Budweiser style beers. And so, you know, we kind of obviously over the last 30 years slowly, it's kind of, you know, a lot of education. It's still a lot of education for people to understand the flavors. Yeah. But there's so many flavors of beer just like there is in wine and stuff like that. As more of like a culture has developed in the city around craft beer, do you feel like it's very competitive or is it more collaborative? Like do y'all share techniques? Breweries really are, we don't really look at each other as competition, I would say. I think as long as everybody's doing a really good product and quality out there, it just helps each other, everybody else on craft beer. And yeah, we'll do like down at Memphis Made, they help me out doing some stuff or different breweries, you know, they want to, you know, they come in here or we'll, you know, talk and do things. I read that y'all had won two gold medals in like the Great American Beer Festival. What is that like festival experience? Uh, the Great American Beer Festival out in Colorado, it's a, it's a really, it really uh, big fun event. Yeah. You know, they're now it's, I think they have maybe 8,000 beers in it compared to what they used to wow. a little bit. So it's really gotten big. And it's a big honor to uh, to win a beer. I think we actually have probably 48 medals at that festival. We've, you know, obviously have some different goals with some of our beers. And then also like our uh, Hefeweizen, we actually uh, won two golds in that. And mm -hmm. that was at the World Beer Cup. So we actually beat out two German breweries on a German style beer. With these festivals where you have this massive sort of like meeting of the minds around mm -hmm. beer culture and like brewing techniques, what is it like 
to be exposed to perspectives of like European brewers or brewers from very different regions of the country? Really, I mean, everybody's just really free. Like, uh, really, out of Nashville, uh, my location up there, my brewer was actually a German brewer. He worked for me for 18 years, and then uh, when I hired a new brewer here, I mean, we're still uh, he still lives in Nashville, and uh, mm-hmm. we keep in touch. And he came down here and, and worked with them with my brewers down here. You know, they have a, a little bit different techniques. Yeah, and you know, and different from. And he worked also on large-scale breweries. When you talk about scales of breweries, let's say a Budweiser or a Coors, mm-hmm. each of their breweries in different cities, they won't open one unless they can produce a couple million barrels of beer. And it's kind of always funny. We say they probably spill more beer than we make because, like, we'll only do, like, five, 600 barrels of beer a year. The scales are, you know, just... Um, yeah. And that's the difference from craft to the bigger... Uh, breweries and stuff like that and we're more hands-on where everything yeah. at these other places are all automated everything's automated yeah. you hit a button it dumps the grain it stirs it it does this we're actually we're physically stirring it with a paddle and, and all very that. very old school old school yeah you know and no disrespect to major breweries but there is like a different mindset right between like you know you're producing beer as a product versus it being like a craft that there's technique involved, but there's also like artistry, right? Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, and they do a great job with what they do. Yeah, I mean, of course. Yeah, I mean, mean <laughs> that, and you know, and they've changed their beers over the years from the mm-hmm. from seeing the different profiles of how people are wanting different beers now. Yeah. So I think you're seeing them, you know, the old where they always had like just a couple labels. Now they have like five or six. Or, more yeah. Yeah, beers that they try to put out. No, no, it's, it's been interesting to kind of watch the major breweries kind of shift to keep up with like different demands from consumers. You know, there's something to be said for the beer you drink actually being brewed 10 miles away from where you live rather than a thousand. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. I mean, beer is supposed to be drinking fresh. Yeah. And so yeah. You, you can't get anything fresher when you just go down the street to one of your local breweries. Mm hmm. Is here more of like the brewing HQ? So this is my only location now. So I've kind of, over the years, as my leases and different things have have, uh, come up, I've um, kind of closed and uh, just have this. Trying to simplify, you know, I I just love kind of being hands-on in in one spot. Oh yeah, and I mean, this is the famous location. Kind of shifting too, because when you mentioned those pizza ovens Mm -hmm. with the rocks, I also want to talk about Bosco's and pizza. Um, The ovens, you know, not just for the hot granite, but for the actual, the crust. What was the thought process in like, you know, we got to do pizza. We can't just do beer. What motivated that? You know, the food actually came first. Really? Yeah, so originally it was going to be more like a... The first concept was a little bit more like a California pizza kitchen. At our first restaurant, we actually had like 25 different style pizzas and pastas. And then uh, as the laws were, you know, going through legislation, one of our partners, Chuck, who was the brewer, he's like, hey, I hear you're doing a restaurant with some pizza. (laughs) I want to do a brewery. And we're like, well, pizza and beer is a pretty good combination. No, it's the classic. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and then all of a sudden you have Bosco's. 
Yeah. Where do y'all stand on crust? Because I know that that's super different depending on the place. So we do a thin crust. When you uh, work on a wood-fired pizza oven, since it is so hot, mm -hmm. if you had a very thick crust, it wouldn't get done all the way. Our crust, actually, we use beer instead of water on all, on all our pizza doughs here. That's kind of cool because, you know, like the pizza oven helps the beer with the flaming rocks. The mm -hmm. beer helps the pizza oven with the um, beer rather than water. It's very symbiotic. So, like, you know, pizza has such a long history. There's so many regional traditions. Mm -hmm. When is Memphis going to get famous for its regional tradition? We've got a lot of pizza here. We do have a lot of pizza. <laughs> I know, I know. But it's hard. It's hard to move the barbecue aside. Yeah, when that's it comes true. To Memphis. That's true. Yeah, we we kind of already have some fame for you know a couple different dishes. But then come on, you know like New York, Chicago. You go there, you want to try like four or five different foods, and that's right, how Memphis right. should be. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> One um, day. Looking at Bosco's menu, I would definitely. I wouldn't call it like an Italian restaurant. It's it's more like Southern, right? You know, as I said, it's kind of evolved from yeah. 30 years. So originally it was a lot more heavy on the Italian. Besides just the pizzas, we had like 15 different pastas, rotisserie, wow. salads, the soup. Uh, you know, all you know, the names used to be like Zuppa del Giorno, <laughs> Soup of the Day. Yeah, and, yeah. And... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it, it, it was a little bit heavier leaning at one point, more okay. to the Italian salt, because, you know, we used to do all the focaccia breads yeah. and, and stuff like that. What about the uh, Southern influence? Has that been like a very recent addition or did it just kind of evolve organically from being in Tennessee? You know, as I slowly you know, started working with the menu, mm -hmm. I kind of went more kind of fun food, you know, yeah. just a little bit more something that you can pick up with your hands like a pizza, mm -hmm. you know, with some of the sandwiches. And, you know, obviously we have, you know, we, we are in the South, so we need to add some of those touches of, of uh, that. And, you know, we get a lot of um, New Orleans is right down the road, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, so yeah, I try to pull in, you know, some different things from our, around our area. I know that y'all do a Sunday brunch, mm -hmm. and it seems a lot fancier than what you would normally expect from like a pizza and beer place. I feel like and on one hand, you know, y'all really offer very like fine dining options, but on the other, it's very, um, it's very casual. It doesn't, mm -hmm. it's not like elitist. What is that? Uh, what motivated the Sunday brunch? Bosco's, although we are, you know, a brewery and we, uh, focus um, a lot on our beer. We really got to make our living as a restaurant. Really? And we've always made our, made our living as a restaurant. So we always wanted to have just really good, incredible food and not just pizza and burger. Yeah. So we wanted somebody um, to be able to go to a show and, you know, come in before or after, you know, feel comfortable. You could come in here in a tux or come in here in, you know, in, in jeans or whatever and feel comfortable. You know, so it's a good mix. And that's what I wanted in my menu, a little bit of something for everybody. If you just want to come in for a snack or an individual pizza or if you really wanted to come in here and get a nice seared duck breast or plank salmon and things like that, kind of any kind of tier you want, just like the, with the... Although we're a brewery, but also, you know, we have a great wine list and cocktails and everything else. So mm -hmm. we just kind of wanted to have a little something for everybody. People do have a, a little bit of hard time thinking of identity because they think of Bosco's and beer if they're looking online or mm -hmm. whatever. They type in, hey, I just want to go to a brewery, and then we pop up and they go, oh, it's just not a, a brewery with a tap room. It's a full restaurant. 
are people really disappointed? I'd be happy if I showed up and there was plank salmon here, you know? <laughs> oh, no, no. I think, they, I, no, no. I think they're definitely happy, but I think... Uh, it's a surprise. It, it's a surprise. Yeah. Because yeah, they're used to, as I said, the brewery with the tap room or maybe a food truck or, mm-hmm. you know, not everything, having all the different offerings. Yeah. I mean, getting, you know, to the, like, y'all are talking about the the old world process of using the paddles mm-hmm. and the uh, beer. I mean, what y'all are doing here is honestly, it's a very like old world thing. Like the, you know, the English pubs where you, you don't just get a pint of beer, you can actually get food. And that makes it so much more of like a place, you know, you don't necessarily have to be looking to sample beers to go. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's um, really, it's, We've built, I would say, with our regular customers and all that. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's like one big happy family. I mean, every afternoon that you know you, we get a good crowd. We have uh, our mug program for our regulars if they want to be part of our mug club, and we you know what is that? You can uh, buy Stein for sixty five dollars. I change the design every year, mm-hmm. so you can have a collection. Cool. And then you get a little, uh, happy hour whenever you come in out of your mug, and it's a little holds a little bit more beer. That's very cool. And so uh, we usually cut it off around 280 people and so then everybody kind of renews every year it's fun we have christmas parties and different parties and mug parties and stuff like that okay does it seem like the people involved with that are they in midtown or is it all over the city all over the city that's fantastic yeah. i mean i have people coming from uh that live out in lakeland actually i still have some people that from my store in nashville that they come and buy a mug to have their mug still and stuff wow like that. that's very cool so yeah i would say probably everybody you know around kind of knows about us and mm-hmm. you know and again with the brewery scene it's just like uh, when wiseacre started building their place they came through we gave them brewery tours i think they were missing parts to get open and we had spare parts so we gave them so oh, they can wow. start their process and stuff like that so yeah I mean it's a it's a fun community and, and I said we've been doing it so long so most of the brewers around here actually used to work for me at one time we're all friends and it's kind of cool seeing people who love the craft side of it and, and, and taking it and doing some new stuff you know it's good to see them strive and take off and go off whether in this city or other places so you, you get proud of them how do you juggle all of these different goals of excellence in what Bosco's does? It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. It's easier now that I don't have four four stores. You just got to love it. You got to love what you're doing. You know, everybody kind of looks at me weird being the owner and I'm running the floor every day or really staff. And I'm not like at an office or behind a desk or whatever. So you're unique in that like hands-on approach? Hands-on. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, I mean, yeah. that's got to be more stressful than if you were at an office. <laughs> it does. It is at times, but you know, um, if you like what you love, what you're doing, then it's it's not too bad. I mean, everything is going to be stressful at some time or not, but that helps out with consistency. And when someone comes in and wants our flaming stone beer, it usually tastes like the flaming stone every single time. This is probably about all the questions I had. Thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a fabulous conversation. That's the end of the conversation, but not the end of the topic. I've just scratched the surface of this artisanal tradition and hope you feel inspired to do further research or just to look at your next cup of coffee, plate of barbecue, or slice of pizza differently. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Mid-South Menu, and I do hope to see you in the next one.